Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from a series of books written under the banner of In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 117, The Sabbath Day, Part 2, is entitled The Ten Commandments, A. In the creation story, it is important to understand the sequence of events, for they all center around the Sabbath day. In the first, or spiritual creation, everything is completed on the sixth day of creation, as is made plain in Genesis chapter 1. For economy's sake, I shall only deal with the creation of man. Genesis 1, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Following the sixth day of the spiritual creation, we are introduced to the seventh, or Sabbath day. Genesis 2, 1-3 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. What was that word? It was the spiritual creation of heaven, earth, and man. Everything is now prepared for the physical creation of man. The seventh, or Sabbath day, is the hinge of creation. It represents the last day of the spiritual creation, or preparation, or organization. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. How is it possible that all the host of them, meaning men and women, were finished? Adam and Eve hadn't been created. For that matter, none of us had been created in the flesh. It means that all the spirit children of God were created, and those spirit children would come to earth to gain a body. In other words, it refers to the spiritual creation of mankind. So what does God do on the Sabbath day? Take a long nap? No, not likely. The first thing he does is to bless and sanctify the earth. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Adam and Eve have not been created yet. That is to say, their physical bodies had not been created yet. Moses records, Genesis 2, 5, And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not an man to till the ground. Only someone in the flesh could till the ground. However, remember this is the seventh or Sabbath day. 
The next thing God does on the Sabbath is to water the earth. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. For he accused God of going out like a farmer and watering his garden. Remember that during the first day of creation, all laws are in place. God simply sets in motion those laws which work independently. God does not continue to create laws. All laws were created during the first six days, both spiritual laws and temporal laws. All laws are organized in complete sets to act independently once set in motion. What God creates, he does not have to repair. He did all the work during the first six days. Now it is still the Sabbath day. What does God, or I should say, what does the Lord God, who is Jehovah, do on the Sabbath day? He turns all of his attention to man. From the clay of the sanctified earth, he creates Adam. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. A soul has two parts, the immortal spirit and the physical body. The breath of life is the spirit which gave life to the body. The next thing Jehovah does is plant the Garden of Eden, and following that, he places Adam in the garden. Genesis 2, 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And following that, an event occurs that changes everything. It becomes the source of all the good and all the evil in the world. Remember that Jehovah, or Jesus Christ, is the Creator. Genesis 2, 9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It is no accident that the focus of the Sabbath day is on man. It explains Christ's enigmatic words to the unbelieving Pharisees. Man was made for the Sabbath, and not the Sabbath for the man. He could also have said, man was made on the Sabbath. It is important to note that the physical body of Adam was made from a sanctified earth. In that sanctified state, he could not die. The only way he could taste of death was to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that could only be done by choice. Adam deliberately brought death into the world. For one thing, without a mortal body, Adam and Eve could not have children. They didn't necessarily want to die, but they wanted to have children, and they wanted agency. Death was the price they were willing to pay. Here is an important step in the creative process that is often misconstrued. Many think that Adam is blamed for our death. Technically, that is somewhat true, but not totally. Number one, if Adam had not eaten of the forbidden fruit, we wouldn't even be here. For us to come here, Adam had to become mortal, and death was part of the package. Number two, we were spirit children of God, angels in heaven. We didn't have to come to earth. We had a choice. We could have remained forever as angels in heaven, spirits without a body. The dilemma was that we wanted what Adam and Eve had. We wanted a physical body. We wanted to know good from evil. We wanted agency, and we wanted posterity. In other words, we wanted everything that Adam and Eve had. Therefore, like Adam and Eve, we chose to come to earth, to gain a body, to have agency, and to be subject to physical death so that we could return to our Father in heaven. 
That was the plan from the beginning. And everyone who comes to earth in the direct line of Adam and Eve chose to come to earth and experience earth life. Without exception, regardless of what conditions we face on earth, knowing that Christ would save us if we believed in him. We even accepted the fact that a veil would be drawn over our minds, causing us to forget our premortal existence. God has a plan that anyone who desires to be saved can be saved, and that plan included the fact that every soul that comes to earth will be resurrected. Every Christian on earth has the responsibility of sharing that message with others, even if it is simply about living a good Christian life. When Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, the earth and everything in it fell from the sanctified state. Everything that Christ does from that point on is to try to bring us back to that sanctified state. The Sabbath day forms an important part of Christ's teachings while he was on earth. Only by keeping the Ten Commandments can we be sanctified. We shall cover that in a later podcast in this series on the Sabbath day. I just wanted to give the background here. Here I want to connect the Sabbath day to the Ten Commandments. By identifying the parallel structure, we are able to make connections that might otherwise be missed. For example, in the following, though the first half is taken from Genesis chapter 2, and the second half is taken from Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, the first about the seventh day of creation, and the other about keeping the Sabbath day holy, they create a perfect chiasm. There are about seven forms of parallelism used in Hebrew poetry which governs the structure of the Holy Bible. Here I want to refer to a common one called chiasmus. Oxford sources define chiasmus as a rhetorical figure in which words, grammatical constructions, or concepts are repeated in reverse order. Think of a chiasm in this form. A, B, C, D, D, C, B, A. It is very common in the Old Testament. Among the peculiar virtues of chiasmus is that it connects things over time. Remember, ancient Hebrew language did not use our English structure of chapters, verses, periods, commas, titles, headings, etc. They used parallel structure. All early readers of the Hebrew Bible would have known that from early childhood. In the following, for example, the first four lines are taken from Genesis chapter 2, the creation story. The last four lines are taken from Exodus 20, 10, given to Moses on Mount Sinai as the Ten Commandments. The chiastic connection is no accident or coincidence. It is difficult to see where the scripture in Genesis ends and the scripture in Exodus begins. As Linda reads, note that A, B, and C come from Genesis. D, D, C, B, A come from Exodus. It would be helpful if you wrote it out on your computer. A. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. B. Because that in it he had rested from all his work. C. Which God created and made. Genesis. D. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. D. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within the gates. For in six days the Lord, thee, made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, b, and rested the seventh day, a, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it.
exodus. It is also called external or extended parallelism. The prophet Moses uses external or extended parallelism to connect the story of creation with the commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy. All those familiar with the parallel patterns would have immediately made the connection between the creation of the earth and keeping the Sabbath day holy. The perfect chiastic parallelism above is no accident. Those who understood Hebrew poetry would never have missed such an obvious connection. The Sabbath is a primary commandment to the Hebrews. The Lord said to Moses, Exodus 31:12-18 Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath day to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tablets of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. Parallelism is the way all scriptures in the Old Testament are written, thus making it possible not only for the Israelites to easily memorize the connections, but also to understand the whole picture. The purpose of keeping the Sabbath day holy is to help us focus on the creator of heaven and earth. In other words, upon Jesus Christ himself, to bless and sanctify our lives, to serve God, to serve our fellow man, and to maintain our liberty. It brings one's thoughts back to the day that Adam was created and placed in the Garden of Eden. It brings one's thoughts to Jehovah, our Jesus Christ, our Creator, our Savior and Redeemer. It reminds us that earth was once in a sanctified state, and that the earth will once again return to that sanctified state. Furthermore, those who follow Christ will also be sanctified and inherit the earth. That is what Christ is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Matthew 5, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. That is also what John the Revelator had in mind when he said, Revelation 21, 1-7 And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. 
And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things anew. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto you that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Remember the two great commandments, to love the Lord God with all your heart, and to love your neighbor as yourself? That is an abstract of the Ten Commandments. The first five commandments address our love for God. The last five commandments address our love for our fellow man. If you can live the two great commandments perfectly, you don't need the Ten Commandments. They would be assumed. The Sabbath is inextricably connected to the creation of man. It adds meaning to the words of Jesus that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Christ is referring to the creation story. The two great commandments are directly connected to the creation story. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 40 Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Again, using extended parallelism, we can see the connection. A. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. B. With all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. A. And the Lord God. B. Formed man of the dust of the ground. Genesis 2, 7. Please join us next week as we continue the series on the Sabbath day. Next week's title is The Ten Commandments, Part B. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.